And welcome to a special edition, uh, episode 30, an actual rare astronomical event, Shane. Yeah, we're quite, uh, we're quite fortunate. It's, uh, it's a neat time to be looking at the, st- uh, at the sky. Uh, yeah. Comet Neowise is here to give us a treat. Yeah, people should, uh, just so I'm totally clear on this, people should go out and try to look at Comet Neowise. Um, yes. So we're, we're going to do this, this episode and then kind of sort out our other episodes for the week. But, uh, you know, oftentimes, if you're listening to the media or if you're hearing people talk about stuff uh, on news shows or whatever, it can be really difficult to figure out what is actually a rare astronomical event, something you should be bothered to go and try to see, and what is like a non-event. You know, uh, around this time, I think we recently had a penumbra lunar eclipse. It's not an observable event. It's not really something worth getting into bed for. This comet Neowise is worth getting out of bed for. I had a lot of trouble getting up uh, day before yesterday, very early in the morning at around 1.30 a.m. my time, and boy, was I ever glad I did. It was phenomenal, and we've we've got it now. I think uh, for the next couple weeks, anyway. And uh, yeah, have you been able to go out and take a look at it, Shane? No, last night the conditions were not looking great, so I didn't bother. Uh, but tonight, conditions locally here are looking fantastic, so I certainly will tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just to put the rarity of this event into context for folks, in in one person's lifetime you may get up to 10 comets that become naked eye comets, uh, meaning, you know, they're bright enough to see without any optical aid. Yeah. Um, this one has the potential to be like one of the best of those 10 comets that you might see in your lifetime. Um, and, you know, the other part too about some of these comets being naked eye is they're not always in, you know, the hemisphere that you live in to be able to actually see them all that well. And there's always a number of factors that kind of stack up against you and and things are really looking good for this one. It is a little low for us uh, people in the far North, but um, gee, you know, if you have the opportunity, I really think you have to jump on it and and see if you can uh, catch an observation. Yeah. I mean, so basically the, the big thing with this one is you can see it from the city, a comet with the tail from a city as long as you have a really good view to the north, it's no problem. And, and, it, and that, that is definitely a rare event. So, you know, I'll, I'll just build on what you're saying a bit. Uh, you know, good comets are, are rare. And this is arguably the best one we've had so far this century. Um, and to my eye anyway, I think it's the best since Hale Bop in the late 90s. Um, so, I mean, there, there's likely people who are even listening to this that, that may not have uh, even been around at that point in time, um, and certainly lot, lots of people may, may have missed those, even if they were. They, they could have been really young or just not into astronomy at the time. That's about when you and I get into this. Um, but yeah, I was out the other morning looking at it, uh, morning before yesterday, and I couldn't get over how bright it was. Now, they had said it was getting bright, and I was just fortunate that the next morning that was clear and, and I, was, I was sort of able to kind of get up and, and get out, um, it was definitely the brightest. I don't know if it's still that bright, but it's probably close. And it was, I put it around 0.9 magnitude and then a more experienced observer. I know, uh, he said it was uh, first magnitude, but regardless of first magnitude, uh, stellar core nucleus of a comet is, is extremely bright, um, for a comet. So like I said, arguably the best, I think, did you see Comet McNaught in 2007? Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah, did. that was fantastic. Yep. 
pe- people are saying that's that's perhaps arguably the only one that's better. But you couldn't see the the comet though, the nucleus, could you? It was just the tail above the horizon. It was a very strange comet, if I recall what people said. Well, we we did get a little bit of the nucleus here, uh, but it it's <laughs> it's kind of funny because I I think that its altitude in the sky is very similar to Neowise. Like it's almost touching kind of the the, the the earth you know as from our perspective um it's very very low or mcnaught was very very low as is neo wise mm-hmm. uh, and mcnaught's tail was gigantic like it was it was crazy but it was um, it was only around for like a like a few days or a week it was very brief and like where i was i was living in ontario at the time and uh I, there apparently there was one night that was that was good enough i had a, I had a really bad flu at the time and i i just couldn't get out that night and then that was that was it. We were clouded out on the several days either side, but I think it was only around for a very brief period of time. I think McNaught in twenty seven, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing with these comets, right? They're extremely unpredictable for brightness, duration, all of this kind of stuff. Um, so when when one flares up, you really just have to do it uh, because it could disappear quickly. Uh, it could dim. Lots of things can change. So this comet just finished its closest approach with the sun, I think yesterday, actually. Um, I think it was July 3rd from what I read, but maybe there's a few different points at which you could say it's at its closest. So yeah, fair enough. Fair. Um, I did read, and again, maybe correct me if if I got some of this wrong here, Chris, but I think it's expected that it may brighten a little bit more over the next few days. So... Uh, for context, we're recording this July 11th. We will release this July 11th as well. Uh, so, you know, over the next two or three days, I've heard it may uh, brighten a little bit more, but then we'll start to fade after that. Okay. All right. That I, I hadn't read that. I was trying to find that out because I was surprised when people were saying it was 1.5 magnitude. Um, you know, that's, that's reasonably bright. And I thought, well, it's pretty low down. should still be able to see it. Um, I was shocked when I go to the car, no dark adaptation, and I could see the comet and the tail. I was like, is that, it? like, am I really seeing that? I was really, really surprised how good it was. And then I put it at 0.9 magnitude, um, not even including the tail. So this this is a, a pretty bright one. And although, like like you were saying, it's it's low, and certainly it is low being like less than 10 degrees or a fist, your fist held at arm's length. Um, is 10 degrees and you kind of hold it vertically. Um, it, it's, it's lower than that, but it's not right at the horizon. So even through my nine degree binoculars, I can just get the horizon and the comet and the tail in. Um, and it's a spectacular view. It, it really is one of, the, one of the best views I've had in astronomy. I think uh, I really can't wait till you get up tomorrow morning and take a look. <laughs> wow. Wow. So what time are you planning to head out, Chris? Yeah. So, and I mean, I can send you the, the coordinates for where I'm going. Um, yeah, I'll get up again at like one thirty and probably go out for uh, the better part of an hour. Um, but there's a really nice hill about uh, a 10 minute drive from my house. I live at the edge of the city, as you know, and, and they, they built the new highway and I couldn't get out there for the past few years. And I thought that the place would be trashed, but I guess, I guess I wasn't really sure exactly where they had all the construction equipment, but I was, I'm sort of the next section over. So they never touched it. And just the, I I got really lucky in the way they put the lights in for the highway. You can't see them from this site. It kind of, the land just sits just the right way. So you're, you're high up, you're about maybe 50 or 60 feet above the prairie. So you're at a high point. Um, But then the the land kind of 
undulates towards where they've done this recent work and they've put full cutoffs and I'm just, I guess I'm just far enough away from the full cutoffs that you can't see them from there. So I was really surprised the site is still about, you know, a magnitude 5.8, 5.9 site uh, and only 10 minutes from my house. So I'm very lucky to have that. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, yeah I can great. send you that. The, the details, but you're on the opposite end of town. So probably take like half an hour to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might. So, yeah. So yeah, it appears pretty bright. Um, you know, this is really nice that it survived its closest approach to the sun and uh, says that it's a closest approach. To the earth is going to be 65 million miles to earth on July 22nd. And so for context, I, I looked it up today, Venus um, which also looks very bright in the morning sky. If you kind of hang out for a little while longer, you see Venus rise. It's 113 million miles from us. And then Mars, or sorry, it's 68 million miles from us. And Mars is 113 million miles from us. So it's actually closer than both Venus and Mars um, by a few million miles right now. Um, so that means it's really very much in our uh, neighborhood of the solar system. So, uh, so it's real, real close to us as far as, as far as this goes. Now, that's still pretty far away and at its closest, like I think Mars gets within like uh, around 40 million miles at its opposition in, uh, in October. Um, so, but as far as like nearby planets, anything closer than our moon, uh, it is generally in, in, our, in our neighborhood of our, of our solar system. So it's pretty cool to have something in that close. And that's really why it appears so bright to us uh, that and it's, you know, it survived the, the approach from the sun. But, you know, one thing that could happen, I wonder if it will break up. Like it's, it's really brightening. Sometimes when comets get this bright this fast, they just kind of come apart at the seams, eh? Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the brightness, especially like the growth of the tail is due to heating from the sun and it's melting and it's shedding a lot of the, its debris, which makes it unstable. So, you know, to what we said earlier in this little podcast is they're very unpredictable. Um, you have to just get out there and observe it while you can, because it might not be there tomorrow. Yeah. And the name, so the name comes from the near earth object, wide field infrared survey explorer, which is abbreviated as Neowise. And it was just discovered back in, in March. So, so it's near earth. It's a near earth object, thus Neo. Uh, and then the wise is the, just the wide field part of the, of the instrument. But, uh, it really appears to have a very bright star-like nucleus. And then to the unaided eye, you can see this three degree tail coming off. It's a very narrow tail. It just looks like, I don't know, it's, it's really, really wild. Like it's a very straight, narrow tail. Um, and then through my binoculars, now some people say they're seeing it as a four degree tail. I really felt like it was more closer to five degrees. I'm definitely getting more than four degrees from, from my little dark site here. Um, and from my badly light polluted yard, uh, you could even see the tail, uh, really, really well through binoculars. So I sent you a, a finer chart chain. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I just wondered if, if maybe I could ask you to tweet that out, uh, you know, as, as part of the push for this episode. Yeah, I certainly can. Um, I've recently retweeted some other uh, resources for folks. One okay, is just a, a fixed finder chart for oh, uh, midnight in July. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look on July 10th, Alan Dyer, who we reference a lot, he tweeted out a, like a dynamic link. It's uh, stellarium-web.org. Go to our Twitter, at astronomy, or sorry, at actual astronomy. You can find it there. 
But if you go to this website, it's like, it's like a, a planetarium software online. Um, mm. So it'll detect your location. It, you can change, you know, the date, the time, uh, various objects. But anyway, it will pinpoint where Neowise is for your location. And that will help you in finding it. And if you do have uh, access to somewhere that's reasonably dark, um, and you can get a really good sort of horizon shot to the north, you won't need a finder. Like, trust me, you, you'll see it. Like, wow. as, as, long as, it's, as long as it's reasonably dark. So, you know, our city is, is, a, is a small city at uh, just over uh, 220,000 people or whatever it is. Um, certainly there's some lights around. And I just drove 10 minutes from my home, which is in a subdivision near, near, the, near the edge of the city, but not quite at the edge of the city anymore. And, you know, I got it no problem uh, without any dark adaption. Um, and then from my backyard, I came back and knowing where to look, I could see it under a streetlight. So it's, wow. it, you know, if you, if you do kind of uh, not uh, have access to pretty good skies readily at hand like I do, uh, and you're in a city or a town or something, just find a good spot with a view to the north and try to, you know, if there's a park or something or somewhere that's safe that, that you can get to uh, when it's dark, um, just try to find that kind of location. Uh, and then take your binoculars with you. And really any binocular from a city is going to show it well. Now, my wife couldn't see it. I, I got her up because I'm like, okay, this is a rare event. It actually is a rare event to see a comet that's this bright with a tail that you can see, um, you know, from, from the city like this. So I got her up. She was really sleepy and she couldn't focus her eyes. And uh, that's not unusual for her. So she couldn't, she couldn't seem to get it without the binoculars. But with my little seven by 35, she had no problem uh, finding it and seeing it, even though she was like, I would say half asleep, maybe more like three quarters asleep still. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with, with the nice low power wide field binoculars, no problem. So virtually any binoculars is gonna show it from, from a small city. If you live in a, in a pretty good sized city, you might need a 10 by 50 to, to tease it out. But like we were observing it sort of between uh, like a couple trees and the shed roof of a neighbor's uh, back shed and that sort of thing, but uh, that's really not very dark skies at all. We can see like you know forty or fifty uh, local street lights from from where our yard is because we don't have many trees around and it's very flat where I live. Great horizons, bad flight pollution, so got to pick your poison in the city. So anyway, yeah, that's that's my observation. I I just really wanted to, and I know I hopped, I actually hopped on the internet and sent you a sent you an email right away and said, we got to do an episode, like, let's do it now or whatever. And of course you weren't up at three o'clock in the morning, like a, like a sane person. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I really wanted to get on and, and let people know they should go out and take a look. And, and, it's, and it's good that it's going to be around. I think the way it's going to run, like you're saying it's getting brighter. That's great to hear. Um, my understanding is for the next um, three days till the 14th, um, you're really best to get up and try to look at it in the morning sky. Here, we're just getting some darkness. So we don't have much uh, dark sky to play with, Shane and I. So we've got to get up basically in the middle of the night around 1.30. And then we got about a really good hour. And then it starts getting uh, too bright. Um, but I wanted to see it naked eye. And we have great horizons. And, and it can be nice and clear here. Um, but for people who live further south, you know, I see some of the uh, online instructions say, hey, you can get up at four o'clock and see it. Well, if you, you and I get up at four o'clock, we'd have to put sunscreen on right now still, I think, just about. Yeah, so, just about, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think our sunrise is 
before five o'clock anyway. I was up at 5.30 today and it was sunny out. So, uh, so yeah, if you do live further south, you could probably push that uh, a little bit further. Plus, the further south you live, you're going to lose some of that northern horizon that, that we have. So although it's dark here at 1.30, um, it's the only time we have, we have to get up around then to see it. But, but we are able to see a little bit better to the north just because. So probably if, if you're living, um, you know, around 40 or 30 degrees latitude or something like that, um, probably best to wait until 2.30 or 3.30 to maybe go out and try to try to snag a, snag a look at it for sure. And then after July 14th, it's gonna, my understanding is it kind of moves across uh, sort of to the left or towards the west in the evening sky. Um, and so then you'll be able to, uh, to go out as soon as it's dark uh, and look to the north and then start, start trying to take, take a look for it. Now, like you were saying, Shane, we don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe it's gonna continue to brighten uh, for the next week or so, but you don't know. It could just fade out. It could it could blow up like we've seen comets blow up before you and I, and that's amazing. Uh, but then once they do, then you can't see them anymore. So, you know, I think if people are going to get up and take a look, I would say get up now and and you know start taking a look now, and then get a good view in at least, and then maybe uh, come back uh, next week once once it's in the evening sky and try for for another view. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to get in as many as I can uh, while it's bright and and large. Um, you know, with uh, with our grasslands trip coming up in a week, you know, that's good timing too. Hopefully, we can get some good views then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm really excited for that. I was actually thinking when when I sort of set my alarm the other night was that uh, it may even fade out by the time we we have our our dark sky weekend. So uh, you know. You never know how long these are going to last for. It could be a few nights, could be a few weeks, but you know the clock uh, is ticking as soon as as soon as they get this bright because this is is quite quite bright. Yeah, I'm seeing a number of like seasoned observers online kind of ranking this comet amongst yeah. some of the greats, and yeah, they're putting it right up there with Hale Bop, which is really considered, I think, the the number one comet of the century. Um, you know, 17P Holmes might be one that. Um, some listeners have, have actually seen cause that one was a little more recent. Yeah. Um, that was you know, in like 2006 or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the year, but anyway, a lot of people are, are placing this, uh, well above P, uh, 17 P homes. Um, so yeah, it looks like this is a great one. Um, I've seen a number of images as well as some sketches too, where people are showing kind of like there's two tail, like two parts to the tail. Um, uh, that there's like kind of a top and a bottom and a, maybe a little bit of a void in the middle. Um, I'm yeah, not sure if you were able to see that. I, I was just using my 7 by 35 So I got up and, and I can't tell you how difficult it was to get up. Like I find with so much light here at this time of year, I do have a lot of trouble adjusting uh, around like the, you know, the summer solstice and the winter solstice. Uh, so I really forced myself to get I decided I would just take binoculars. Um, but tomorrow I'm taking a telescope like 100% and uh, gonna put a little bit of power on it uh, should be pretty good um, definitely worth uh, trying but I think I think as far as an instrument goes though I think that the telescope yeah I don't know like I really don't think it's necessary on this one I think you're going to have your best views through a good pair of binoculars like actually Shane I was thinking probably your 12 by 36s are the ideal instrument or very very close to it so a really good maybe slightly higher power pair of binoculars. Um, if people have 10 by 50s, I, I don't. Um, so I'm kind of stuck with my seven power binoculars. 
Um, or if you have a really small telescope, you want one with a wide field of view um, because that tail really, to my eye, was about four and a half degrees. Uh, most telescopes are only going to have a, a field of view of, of a degree or two at most. So, uh, you know, our little telescopes um, are kind of ideal for, for looking at such a thing. But even my 100 millimeter is, uh, is on the small side for the field of view. So, um, you know, you're looking at like a 70 or 80 millimeter telescope is probably your ideal instrument for, uh, for doing this observation. In. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out and taking a look tonight. My wife is also going to come out, which is she is, really? Yeah, she's quite, you know, that's a rarity. She's not really into it as much as you and I are. But when I told her, you don't say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I told her about, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't happen all that often. Uh, this, these are the kind of, kind of events that she enjoys, you know, the solar eclipses, uh, you know, things that are kind of rare. So she's going to, uh, come out and, uh, probably be pretty sleepy tomorrow as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's great. And, you know, that was the same, like I kind of made that judgment call and Rebecca, you know, she hates getting up in the middle of the night. So I just kind of grabbed her and said, yeah, let's, you got to see this because this is actually rare. And so she knows if I'm saying it's rare, it's rare. <laughs> like you should go out and take a look at it. Cause I'm always sort of on about, you know, when I hear things in the media, Oh, you, you know, go take a look at this event. This is a rare event or once in a however many, uh, no, that's not that rare or it's not really that rare because it occurs at some sort of regular interval of, of some sort, right? Like, you know, this, this blue moon business where, well, you, the way they define it now is you get one or two or three or something like that every year. It's not really that rare. Um, you know, you wait around for a few months and you're going to have one. Uh, you can wait around for a few years, never have a bright naked eye comet. You can wait around for a few decades and never see one again this bright. So this is actually a truly rare event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't, we can't say that enough times, I suppose. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I'm really excited for this. Um, I really enjoy looking at comets. I've seen a few in my observing lifetime. Uh, McNaught was awesome. P Holmes was awesome. Mm -hmm. P Holmes was the one that went sort of like a fuzzy, like it was quite large, like about yep. the size, I think of a full moon, but it was just like a big fuzzball. I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. yeah, it was very strange because it, it wasn't something you could really see much uh, before. And then, then it kind of just sort of sort of blew itself apart and just made itself larger and larger in a very circular pattern. And then eventually it was just, uh, it just diffused out. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't have a tail, which, you know, most comets, most comets do. Yeah, they could uh, bright enough to see naked eye. You can usually see some sort of tail, but uh, yeah. With that one, yeah, it was that was very, very strange. So, but it's no more. No, that's right. Um, so I'm definitely heading out tonight. Um, I have to work most of the week, but I think even, you know, if there's a good night during the week, I might go to work a little tired and make up for it with some coffee or something like that, uh, just to get as many observations in as I can. Yeah, good stuff. Well, this is just sort of meant to be an extra episode. Uh, do you have anything else to add other than, the fact that people should really go out and take a look at this. No, that's all, that's all I have, Chris. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining me on such short notice. And uh, hopefully people will go out and take a look at Comet Neowise uh, 2020 and, uh, you know, really should enjoy those views. If you can get to a dark site, uh, if not, you know, grab your binoculars and scan that northern, northern horizon. Um, you'll be in for a real treat when you see that comet tail. Just an awesome experience.
Yeah. Thanks, Chris. And thanks, everybody for listening.